Hello, friends. Welcome back to the Cedarville Stories podcast. Today on the show is Matt Papa, Cedarville's artist in residence this school year. Enjoy this fun conversation with your host, Mark Weinstein. Thank you, Sarah, for the introduction, and welcome back to another episode of the Cedarville Stories podcast. I am Mark Weinstein, and before I get to my conversation with my guest today, I'm curious to know how your New Year's is going for you. If you're a person who sets New Year's resolutions, how are they going? Are you still on track? Send me an email at mweinstein at cedarville.edu and let me know. As for me, I'm not a New Year's resolution kind of guy, but this year one of my goals is to read through the New Testament. I'm still on track, and I've enjoyed reading through Matthew while also studying the first book of the New Testament in my Bible study fellowship group. Again, email me and let me know how you're doing in 2022. Today on the program, I have a very special guest, and he could be the most recognizable guest to ever be on the program. I'm talking today with Matt Papa, a veteran songwriter and Christian musician who also happens to be the 2022 Artist-in-Residence at Cedarville University. Matt is one of the world's most sought-after modern-day hymn writers. Some of his songs include His Mercy is More, Christ, Our Hope in Life and Death, and Come Behold, The Wondrous Mystery. Matt tours regularly across the United States as a songwriter with Getty Music, and he frequently guests on their tours. And that's when I first became acquainted with Matt, when he and the Gettys were on campus a few years ago. Matt and his wife, Lauren, have five children. So let me welcome to the Cedarville Stories podcast, Matt Papa. Hey, thanks, Mark. Glad to, uh, glad to be here. There are so many ways to begin today's program, but given that you are originally from Gainesville, Georgia, did the most recent college football championship game have any extra meaning for you? No, I'm a Georgia boy. I'm a, I'm a bulldog. I'm a bulldog guy. And uh, I, I am not just saying that. I, me and my brother, we grew up going to Athens, going to the games and stuff. And, uh, you know, it, usually, you know, each fall we'd go to probably two or three of the games. So I've got a lot of fond memories of, of going over there. So, yeah, it was, it was a long time coming for the dogs, but we finally got, got one. On a more serious note, and moving into the area of Christian music, were you the typical young boy who took piano lessons because your mom or dad wanted you to do it? <laughs> well, maybe a little bit, actually. I mean, I, uh, piano was my first instrument, um, although I... I was guitar was like my first serious instrument, but when I was a kid, I would tinker around on the piano and um, music, I guess was always sort of an escape for me. It was always kind of a place that I could go. You know, I um, probably like most artists temperaments, um, you you tend to be, uh, uh, you know, fairly sensitive in terms of your environment and your, you know, is the stimuli that are, that's around you. So, you know, you need to kind of escape sometimes and, and kind of um, go into your own space. And um, so piano was always that for me when I was a kid. And then I got into sports and uh, I was going to be in the NFL. And then, uh, <laughs> and then it was like maybe the NBA. And then I got a, and then I got a guitar, I think for my 12th birthday. And then um, sl- slowly music kind of started taking over. I started helping out at the church. Um, 
and and then freshman in college i got back into piano so piano kind of came back in my life then um but yeah so that was kind of my uh, adolescence as it relates to music when did you understand you had a passion for music both writing and singing yeah i mean you know so like i said when i was a kid it was always an escape when when i was in, a teenager and you know started playing guitar and started helping out the church that was another moment for me where music really clicked um because i think it was just just a, a powerful thing when you know like at church when i saw this sort of intersection between faith and music and worship and and you know um god and emotion and you know that that whole intersection um i saw it as as, is a really powerful thing and still still do um and so i think as a teenager i I was pretty impacted by that and 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 i said well you know this is this is kind of what i want to do um so that kind of got me rolling so that got you rolling so um you know, you're known, as I mentioned in the introduction, uh, as a modern-day hymn writer. Um, we, we sing yeah. your songs all over the place in churches and in Christian colleges like Cedarville. Uh, I'm interested in knowing, how do you gain the inspiration for the songs you write? How, how does that come about? Yeah, I, I get asked that question a lot. It's um, there, There's a few different ways, I guess, I can answer that on a, on a large scale. Yeah. Um, I would say, actually, my wife and I were talking about this yesterday. Um, I think the best inspiration comes, you know, really for anyone, artist or you know, entrepreneur or whatever, from having margin, you know, in your time mm-hmm. in your schedule, you know, have, having space to reflect and think and pray and journal and and just doodle and you know goof around like if you don't have that if you're just always kind of racing from thing to thing and from responsibility to responsibility um it it puts you in a bad space you know beyond that it's how life hits you it's it's you know a lot of times in the morning i sit down with a cup of coffee before my kids are awake um and i just tinker on the piano and a lot of my ideas come from that Mm -hmm. um and, you know, I guess that goes back to margin as well, but just kind of tinkering. And then, um, you know, everyone, so I, I, I'm, I'm more of a, I guess in terms of the writing process, I tend to be more of the music melody guy. Um, and so, but, but sometimes like if I'm reading something or if, if, you know, something will strike me as it relates to lyrics that I'll jot down in my notes and I'll keep that stored away. Um, but uh, gosh, it's just it's just all kinds of different things, and and I think I have the r- routine kind of built into my schedule in my life, where basically you know every morning, the, the the entire morning is typically devoted to just jotting down ideas and recording them and creating little demos, and that's that's how I spend my mornings, and so that that rhythm, you know, when, when you when you have to be inspired, it helps you to be inspired. Um, <laughs> So, doesn't that put a little pressure on you to and maybe it give does, you some it does. some block there? Yeah, it does. But it, that that pressure is helpful. And I guess now I'm speaking out of both sides of my mouth a little bit. But the um, you know I think having the space and the margin to to exhale 
is important, but you also, I guess, as, as a writer or any sort of, or I mean, uh, an entrepreneur for that matter, you need something you need. Uh, I, I heard a songwriter say one time, he said, uh, I don't need inspiration. What I need is a commission and a deadline. And what he meant by that was uh, deadline, obviously, you know, a, a, a time that's set where you have to turn it in. A commission, though, means that someone outside of you is saying, I need XYZ song for XYZ purpose. Yeah. And that that is, is incredibly helpful, you know, as a writer or an entrepreneur or whatever, because that gives you your your product that gives you your your goal your purpose that gives you your your thing that you're setting out to do you know gk chesterton i like his thing he says mm-hmm. the uh the most important um in art the most important part of the picture is the frame uh, because the the mm-hmm. frame the limitation you know it basically sets out for you this i can go this far and no more you can you know this is what i'm setting out to do you know what i mean so so having that uh, limitation is really, really life-giving, and it, and it just it basically just focuses you in your work and gives you, you know, I'm going to set out to do this thing, you know, for this amount of time, for this purpose, for this audience, for this type of room, you know, for this kind of thing, and um, that's really important for a for a creative person to have. So, are you uh, typically an organized person? Because with no having five children i don't know how you keep margin <laughs> yeah no no i i'm not i mean it's it, it it's been an i guess an art or, or it's been a practice um of learning how to have margin i think um for a long time my office was at home I, you know i had a home office which which made it more difficult as you could imagine yeah um, my wife is always amazing about like, you know, having the kids and keeping them, you know, uh, but you're, you're working down there and you still hear like squeals and you want to <laughs> help out. And, you know, uh, like a kid, you see a kid in the backyard, like running over another kid on his bicycle or whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and so you got to go out and help, but, um, you know, so, but, but now like I'm, you know, I've got this, I've got my own like personal office here um, at a church where we live. And, um, I guess where I'm at now in my career, it's, it's, it's pretty cool that I, that I've got this space, you know, that I can come and work every day. Um, and, um, you know, that basically, that basically is, is a huge help. The, the space gives me the, the, the bargain and, but, but I'm pretty consistent. I mean, I head home at the end of the day, three, four, five o'clock and, and I'm there with my family and we do family time then. So, I'm talking with singer and songwriter Matt Papa about his life and ministry. And as I think about your music, Matt, I'm curious that as you tour across the country, you're with the Gettys, uh, or just interact with people in your local community, what are you seeing as big areas of concern that are facing believers in the faith that you can come alongside with your music to encourage, uplift, to to strengthen? I think that, I guess what I'm going to say is, is, kind of a concern, but also kind of encouraging. Um, you know, I, I think it was a, two, three years ago, I heard somebody sort of use the term that, that the mushy middle uh, is disappearing. The mushy middle, meaning like the, the sort of, the sort of cultural Christianity, you know, is, is sort of disappearing from America, from American culture. And so, 
and, and particularly, I think with COVID, you see it as well. You know what I mean? Like churches, a, a lot of churches that were sort of, um, I guess, more um, doctrinally liberal, I guess right. you would say. Yeah. Uh, a lot of those are dying off because of COVID because it's like, you know, they're, you know, the, the distinctive thing about a church, about Christianity, are the doctrines, you know what I mean? So it, it's it's less and less of a reason to gather together once you start losing those. Um, and so anyway, I, I, I don't know. I guess I see that more and more. Um, some of the some of the concerts and the gatherings and stuff, you know, have, have gotten smaller in size. Um the, the 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 landscape I think is changing. I think a lot of people in churches and, and in music in general are craving a more sort of organic, authentic approach as opposed to the sort of highly produced, slick, fancy thing. Um, and and I think in large part that's that's good. I don't I don't think the slick, fancy thing is bad. I just think that in terms of sustainability and to, in terms of like my, I, what I like, what I'm trying to do with these songs is I'm trying to write songs that work in arenas and living rooms. Okay. You know, so I'm, I'm trying to write stuff that, um, that small groups of people can sing and untrained small groups of people can sing and, you know, that orchestras could do or, or, or stadiums, you know, you know, or whatever. And I think that's that is a mark of great songs is that their 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 versatility, um, and so that's what I'm trying to do. So I all that to try to meander back to your question. I think that um, that there's there's a there's a growing hunger I think for for authenticity yeah. with with worship yeah. music with songs with stuff that connects on a soul level and not just kind of a, an entertainment or production level. Yeah. I think, uh, as I agree with you, I, I see, um, I see people here on campus and places where I go that, um, they're looking for those directives, those solid core values that are, they can't be debated or challenged and, and get away from that mushy middle. So as you travel, um, and just again, interact with people, Knowing that you have been singing uh, and writing songs for quite a while, perhaps anecdotally or maybe firsthand experiences, have you heard or seen stories of how your music has impacted anyone or people in general? Sure. I mean, it's it's usually in the hard it's usually in the hard times. Actually, um, uh, you know, I got a I got a story the other day. Let's see if I can pull this up. Um, about the song Christ Our Hope and Life and Death. I'm scrolling back through a text message here. Let's see, here it is. The song that my dad sang and played on repeat the last few months of his life was Christ Our Hope and Life and Death. We sang it around his hospital bed. Mm. We sang it at his service. I'm convinced God used it in a small way to prepare him to meet God face to face. God has used it immensely in my life for the last several months for Christmas gifts for my sisters and mom. I asked my friend and former coworker, Bonnie, if she could create a custom art piece with the lyrics and uh, and to also mimic my dad's signature on a card he gave me for the bottom. She did the whole thing by hand. It's amazing. It's just basically the lyrics of the song typed yeah. out. 
but you know, stuff like that, 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 um, is definitely something that keeps you going. Yeah, that's, that's great. And, uh, keeps you moving when, uh, maybe you, you have that, uh, writer's block or, or author's block or whatever. So, yeah. Uh, Matt, in, in addition to writing, I, I mentioned in the introduction that you also tour with the Gettys. Uh, how often are you traveling to concerts with them or on your own? Um, it's usually toward the end of the year. And this year with COVID, it was a little complicated, but um, uh, it's just kind of random. You know, every once in a while throughout the year, um, I'll do something with Gettys. But typically at the end of the year, I'll do a good bit of stuff with them, kind of October, December. And then throughout the year, I, I'll do stuff on my own, uh, with, okay. you know, either just me or with my band guys. Um, and so I think uh, I've probably got 10 or 11 different events that I'm doing from now until September. Okay. Um, kind of throughout the Northeast and, and Midwest and Southeast. So, Matt, as you travel, maybe it's different with Christian musicians, but I, I, I kind of doubt it. I kind of doubt that, actually. Um being on the road, being away from your family, does your family travel with you? They used to. So I, I actually don't travel that much anymore. I, I do one or two things a month. It's kind of it's what, what it's looking like these days. Of course, you know, with, with COVID, it's hard to know what normal is. But right um, these days, it's, it's looking like about one or two things a month. And usually they don't come along because I'm usually out for three days at a time and then I'm back. Uh, but when I was gone in, in my twenty late like late twenties, um, we were ha we just had you know maybe two or three kids at the time. Um, back then, they would come a lot on the road with me because I was I was gone a lot more. Right. Uh, so those were those were kind of chaotic days, but they were they were fun. Uh, we had a good time. And Matt, I want to turn the page to your connection with Cedarville university uh, and okay. artists in residence. How did you get first get connected with Cedarville and eventually serve as our artists in residence? Yeah. So I I've been, I've been sort of familiar with Cedarville for a long time. Um, I, one of my first events I actually, I ever did was in, in my early twenties was with a guy named Dan DeWitt. <laughs> uh, and uh, he and I've sort of stayed in touch a little bit over the years, but um uh, so I, I've, I've kind of, from a distance, I've known about Cedarville and every once in a while, I, I, I think um, we would we would be there. I, I came um, with the Gettys maybe three years ago. There's yeah. another sort of touch point there. And then um, just sort of stay in touch. I think COVID happened somewhere along the way in there. But um, stay in touch through through email with, with some guys from the school. And then... Uh, I think it was uh, Dr. White reached out about this potential programs, artist in residence type program. And uh, I was really excited about it, about, about the opportunity. Um, you know, and I guess we can kind of get into what it is. Um, yeah. What is the response? What are your responsibilities? Yeah. So, yeah well, it, it's a, it's a, it's sort of a hodgepodge of, um, of appearing at the school for chapel services and some special events um teaching a little bit doing a, a certain amount of lectures per year um and doing some promotion for the school through right. through my channels or whatever um so it's sort of a it's sort of an amalgamation of those things and um and i, I really love it i mean i 
I, I think for a few reasons. One, you know, I think I shared this at one of the chapels I came recently. I, I, uh, I've always liked college kids and, uh, college kids to me are a little bit like, like a deer on the side of the road. Like when you're driving by and they have that crazy look in their eye, um, college kids to me are a little bit like that. Like you, you don't know where they're going to go. Right. Um, and, but it's, it's cool. I mean, it's, it's an awesome moment in life where they're sort of just figuring themselves out, figuring the world out, figuring out what they want to do, what they want to be about. And so to be able to kind of speak into people's lives in that phase is really cool. I've always thought it was cool. And, and then, uh, you know, I guess on top of that, I, I, I actually really do enjoy teaching. I, I, th- I don't think I would thrive if teaching were like my thing. I only, my only thing I did, but I think as, as a, um, as a thing to step into every once in a while, I, uh, I actually really do enjoy it. Um, and, and I think even more so than preaching, I actually, I used to want to be a preacher at one point. I was like, I'm going to be a preacher. Um, but I was never really that great at it. Uh, I don't, I don't think I could like talk, uh, long enough in a linear sort of way, but I, teaching is cool to me because it's, you can be a little more inquisitive, a little mm-hmm. more, mm-hmm. um, I don't know. It can be a little more question oriented, um, as opposed to sort of didactic. Um, and I, I like that. Um, and so it's, it's a cool thing. It's, it's, I really, um, I mean, and I like the school, like this school is, I mean, I honestly, I would, it's a place where I'd send my kids. I mean, it's like, I really respect the, um, both like the, 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 the biblical foundations of the school and that outflowing from that, there's all the, um, high standards for academics in terms of various, you know, spheres, business or science or nursing or all the, you know, all that, I think, is, is really, really, um, inspiring to see. So yeah, it's, it's a, it's a place I'm happy to, to kind of be around and be connected to. Matt, uh, we are nearing the end of the program. I have, uh, two questions. Really, there might be the two most important questions that I asked today. As we begin to wrap, can you share with us, um, your testimony and how you, how you met Jesus and in your journey, your spiritual journey, uh, to this point? Yeah. Um, so when I was a kid, I, I usually say it kind of like this. My, I, w- I would say I grew up in church, but, uh, but not in a Christian family. Mm-hmm. So, um, there was, you know, in a, and I was kind of a Bible belt kid. So I, that's probably fairly typical, but, you know, we went to church because kind of that's, that's what you do, but, but I didn't really ever know the faith in terms of, uh, of, of, from a lifelong, like from a, from a, from my childhood. Um, but I would say my first encounter, my probably with the faith would be my, um, my first youth pastor. If he's somehow listening to this podcast or if he comes across it, shout out to Bob Boucher. Bob Boucher was a young guy, um, I think he might've even been in college at the time, but he was the youth guy at the church where we were going. It was a small little youth group, maybe 12, 15 kids. Um, but it was the best little, it was, it was a, 
really cool time in my life. Um, Bob lived at the little parsonage at the church. Mm-hmm. And so pre- he, and he was single, you know, he's, like I said, he was in college, he was single. So he'd have all these kids over at his house all the time, just eating pizza, hanging out, playing video games, um, just goofing off. And, um, and of course, you know, singing and, and studying the Bible and stuff like that. Um, so it was a really like formative time in my life. You know, I think it's formative time in everyone's life, but, mm-hmm. but to have that kind of, he, I would say Bob sort of helped build that familial, uh, sort of a, a space for grace to, to kind of take, take root in my life. Yeah. And so, I guess it, it would have been somewhere around then, like the age of some age range, 12 to 14, somewhere around then that, that I came to faith that, that I, you know, started following Jesus. And, um, and, and, you know, basically dove in. I mean, that was a large part of with the music stuff too. I was, I was really just young in my faith, but I was just so, so um, hungry to, learn about God to grow, to, um, sing these worship songs to help people worship. You know, that, that was the moment I was in as a teenager. Um, and then, you know, didn't did music in college, sit out in the ministry. And that, I mean, that's, that's kind of where, where my faith started. Yeah. Um, and it's, it's been a, it's definitely been a journey. Um, I think that, you know, and probably, probably is true for a lot of people in those younger years of your faith, you're incredibly excited. Um, but you're also, uh, fragile, you know, and, 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 and life beats you down and you, you get rocked and you get shaken. And, um, so, um, you know, I guess I'm 38 now, uh, faith is a lot less i would say romantic now and it's much more hmm. of a just plodding and steady steady marching to to heaven you know um um but it is um i'm you know i'm thankful for my wife for my kids um for the church that we're at for um all, all the, you know, how God has used the songs, um, and, um, still, you know, trying to grow, still, tr- still learning, still, yeah. um, becoming more and more, uh, dependent on God, more and more aware of how weak I am, aware of how, um, what my limitations are, um, and, uh, trusting him. That's great. It's a great story, and uh, I, I look forward to uh, seeing you on campus and and um, just seeing how the Lord's going to use you um, with our students uh, the rest of this year and, and who knows how much longer. My last question brings us back to the purpose of the Cedarville Stories podcast, that being we know in 1 Corinthians 10, 31, it reads, so whatever, so whether you eat or drink, whatever you do, do it all to the glory of God. With that scripture in mind, Matt, in what ways do you hope or believe you are bringing God glory? I guess, first of all, in sort of my day-to-day, you know, 
my my married life, my my um, my role as a father. You know, you wear all these different hats. Mm-hmm. Um, but I hope there that that I that I bring glory to God. You know, um, more more than more than anywhere else. You know. Um, I think if, you know, cause if you, if you, you know, I, I, I don't, there, someone has said it in some pithy way. I forget how it goes, but it's like, um, you know, you, you want to be, um, you know, a lot, a lot of people are like respected by the masses and, and really disrespected by the people who are closest to them. Yeah. And that's not what you want. You know what I mean? You want, you want, you want, um, you want the people closest in your life to know you and trust you and respect yeah. you. And then for the masses can kind of feel however they feel. Um, so that's, you know, I, I do, I really hope for that. Um, and then, you know, I don't know. I just, I feel like my life is quite simple. It's become very simple. I mean, I, I try to be a good husband and dad and then I try to, I try to make songs and I try to write, songs that will hopefully outlive me Hmm. um and i mean that's that's kind of what i do um every day you know i'm doing things like this and things sort of random things but um in terms of my big rocks and the things that i'm that i'm chasing after i guess those that that's how i want to give god glory and and, uh how i want to um live and and die and, and, you know, move on from this, this place. Yeah. Great stuff. And, uh, I want to thank you for sharing uh, your heart, uh, throughout the whole podcast. And again, for being part of the Cedarville university family, uh, thank you for being our artist residence. And, uh, again, yeah, I, look for- I look forward to seeing you on campus and thanks for joining me this week on the Cedarville stories podcast. It's great to have you. Thanks Mark. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Cedarville stories podcast brought to you by Cedarville university. If you were encouraged by today's episode, share it with a friend. Please rate and review this podcast on your favorite podcast provider. And connect with us at Cedarville on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And be sure to come back next week when we'll hear another inspiring Cedarville story for God's glory.